This is Entrepreneurs The Playbook, where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success. Today we have the dynamic duo. These people live by my mission of making a lot of money in an abundant way, helping a lot of people, and having a lot of fun. That's why I had to have them. I had to beg, borrow, and steal to get the Hermoses here. Layla, <laughs> thank you. And Alex, thank you for joining me here on Office Hours. Thanks for having us. Yeah. You guys Humble are incredible. And you just clogged up the entire hallway at the wind because everybody loves you, which is super cool. And I have so many different topics to talk about. And the one that I chose was probably the most important to me as an entrepreneur uh, and most difficult as I've gone 35 years of running, investing, and building businesses, acquiring and losing them, and going back to all of it again. And it's team building. That in the end, through all the businesses that I have, it's really about people and how to be a leader uh, to build those teams. And what I have come to a humble realization, it's really about being an intelligent follower. Um, I know as an individual how difficult it is to be a leader uh, throughout decades, but I couldn't imagine as a couple how difficult it must be to lead an organization. For you both, do you have a, a single definition of leadership? And if so, you know, what is that? And beyond that, if it's different, you know, wh where do you see leadership in the role of your incredible success? This is 100% Layla's. <laughs> he knows his place. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you a stat. So one in three business strategies that are um, set out to be executed are actually executed. Two out of three are not, they actually fail. And the difference between that is what uh, McKinsey would define as the soft stuff, which is people, culture, talent acquisition. And so I think that by us focusing on people first and that always being like people over strategy because people are who execute strategy, that's been how we've been able to do what we do. I also think that it comes from a true, a place of actually caring. Um, I know that I think a lot of people say they care. Um, but I think that when you show with your actions that you value, I want to say like my methodology or like my framework is just human first. So it's like when you put the human above them as an employee, above you as their employer, I think that at the end of the day, people can feel that um, and they can hear it throughout the conversations. They can see it in your actions and how you treat people, how you respond to what they do in the organization. And so I think that's been fundamentally what's allowed us to continue building teams and attracting talent much smarter than us. Layla's taught me a lot about this because when we first got together, I was like the entrepreneur and I had, I think, five gyms at the time. Layla was a personal trainer and I was like, come join my thing. We're going to do this, all this stuff together. And she was always talking about team and people. And I was like, right. Anyways, <laughs> so marketing, sales, offer pricing, the stuff that like tends to be more my wheelhouse, the hard stuff, um, like the hard sciences of business. And the more I saw her uh, come into my world because I had only been able to make like two or $3 million a year as like my personal cap as an entrepreneur. It was only once Layla came in that everything kind of blew up after that. And so first it was sure people, but the hard stuff. And then it was, okay, there's culture and their strategy and they're equally important. And I would say now we just see them as culture is strategy. And so that's kind of how things have evolved for us and us being on the same page in terms of how we grow companies. And so we, see it as build people and the people build the company. So, so Layla comes in, what was the thing and, and really the first thing that unlocked it? Was the first thing that you did that was different? 
I can tell you where I think the concept came from, which is I think that there's a lot of people that um, more, more nowadays than ever, like a lot of people get into entrepreneurship and they've never had a job, right? <laughs> and I think that one thing that I feel blessed is that I had both amazing jobs and awful jobs. And the difference was the boss and it was the leader of the organization. And so I can say that when, when we started the company, we had a lot of times, I think a lot of like Patrick Lencioni talks about, there's an external vision and an internal vision. And I think that Alex held the external vision of the company and I held the internal vision. And my vision was always for the internal, I want to make this a place where people are paid well and truly want to show up to work every day and actually enjoy it. And not the BS that everyone says but that, but like they actually do because that's what I've always wanted for myself. And I know how it feels and I felt like I was able to be myself. I was able to do better work. I was a better performer. Um, a good instance is that I worked at a gym and it was the top performing gym and it had an amazing leader, amazing person. He was very much like human first. We, uh, he left to go start a different organization and they brought in a new leader, ruled by fear, yelled at everybody, cursed at everybody. I left, five other people left, went from the highest performing gym in the region to the lowest performing within three months. So for me, that was like a hallmark moment in my life of realizing all of the other stuff didn't matter. The marketing, the sales, how they acquired customers, because the leader was the wrong person and he ruled by fear. And that made all the difference in the world to me. And so when Alex was like, this is what I want to build, I was like, well, I know what it looks like when it's wrong. So let's just <laughs> not do that. Yeah. And I just put my full focus into trying to build what I knew, what, what would create what I had felt when I was in that job where I felt truly safe. I think for me personally, it was uh, when I saw her takeover teams that I was running and made them work a lot better <laughs> than when I was running them. Uh, and just seeing that over and over again, because I think when Layla joined me, it was the first time that I felt relief as an entrepreneur, where I felt like, oh, not only does this person have this, but they are doing it better than me. And so I think like earlier entrepreneurs and some of the smaller companies that we work with, like there's a belief set of like, no one can do it as well as me. And I think when you pay people really poorly and you attract poor talent of a bad brand, that probably is true. But the better you treat people, the more you attract A-level talent, the more it's actually like they will do it better than you. And then you're more like just ingratiated towards them. Like, I'm just very grateful that you still want to work here. And right. it kind of shifts the power dynamic to much more collaborative. And so that's all been her. And honestly, I, like, this is not my wheelhouse. Like Layla is the reason that all the companies that we have have scaled. They're the reason that we've been able to, you know, grow a lot of companies. It's been her. It's been the soft stuff. And she just gets how people tick very well. And Layla, what, what's his superpower? Alex has unwavering belief in what we set out to do, in me, in himself, in the mission. And like, while he's saying all that, I'm thinking to myself like, but I could never have done it if he didn't believe in me more than I believed in myself. And that's what he has always given me. And I, I like to think we do that for each other, but he's, it's his superpower. Like he does it for so many people. He can instill belief in those people in a bigger mission, in themselves, in the people around them, to like an extent that I've never seen before. Um, and he will literally not stop at anything. Like I've never seen someone work as hard as Alex does at mastering making that belief come to life. So for example, like his book, like I think people underestimate, they're like, oh yeah, I wrote a book. I'm like, okay. So <laughs> it was like, I mean, every day from 4 a.m. until noon or one, until we have meetings, writing the book, like, and so it's really easy for me to feel excited to create a place where people are, you know, coming to work every day, they're excited to work, when I also have a partner who's working so hard on the other side. And I think the, the reason we've been able to be successful is because we have those two, and we both appreciate each other's strengths. You know, people often say 
that you know the, the world and the problems don't get easier, we get better. I'm just curious from you guys' perspective, who do you feel like you had to become in this journey, like who you are success today, specifically as how you show up for your team? What was, what's been the biggest thing? You know, I think I switched from being a dictator uh, for the most part. Uh, definitely, I mean, like when Layla first came into my world, I, just to give you like context in terms of like what change is possible, um, clients would run through the lobby because they were afraid to talk to me. Um, no, like really, like people, I had a closed door, like I had a closed door policy, which was don't open it. Um, and I very much just, you know, and so if, if I, it was basically like, if I don't talk to you, it's good. Um, that was kind of how everything ran. It was 100% based on fear. And it was because I didn't know any better and it was the fastest way I could get compliance. Like I didn't understand how, like, okay, well, carrot doesn't work fast enough. I don't understand it. Fear, got it. They did the thing. And then that's what I kind of optimized towards. But what I lacked was what we like to call discretionary effort, which is there's so much more effort someone will give if it is not seen as the job, but the thing that they enjoy doing with their life. And then all of the innovative capability of the individual gets unlocked if they feel safe and they feel heard. Um, all the stuff that, you know, I used to just think was management hoodoo, uh, and only when I experienced it for the first time and seeing people just crush in ways that I never had thought with ideas I didn't think of, that I, in terms of the person that I shifted to, was much more like, I wonder what they think about this thing, rather than coming in with a plan and thinking, I'm gonna sell everyone on my idea. It was more like, here's the problem I'm trying to solve, what do y'all think? And then we get a lot of real feedback because people are allowed to be heard, and then in a real way we're like, Neil, that was a great idea. I was like, that was better than mine. Um, and then we come up to with much better decisions. So that was, for me, it was listening more, which was tough. Uh, and then honestly being proven wrong over and over again that the team did have better ideas than I did. So Layla, you mentioned that Alex has been putting in, you know, eight hours just working on his book every morning. And that's what it took to create such an amazing book. And I know that it's not just that kind of work ethic when it comes to the book. Um, I remember when you guys um, spoke at my event, Alex met a kid at Yogurtland the night before, and he already had a presentation made, he had already worked on it, and then he got motivated to go change it the day before speaking. And he said he spent like five hours that morning writing a brand new presentation, it was like 150 slides, and because he felt like that was the message that the audience needed to hear. And I've seen him do that time and time again with just everything, content, books, presentation, speaking, where do you think like that kind of care comes from? From both of you, I've seen you both do it. Like that's not normal for most people, even like high level entrepreneurs. Like I don't have that much care. I'm like, hey, let's get it done. Done's better than, than nothing. I think, um, I can't remember what the, there was a series that we watched on Netflix a couple of years ago and I think it was about- Last Dance? Yeah, Last Dance. Um, and Michael talked about how, and this really, really resonated with both of us, how, you know, he played when he was sick. He played when he was tired. He played, and the reason he did that was because that one game that that kid bought a ticket to, you know, he saved up all his money for six months. He flew out there. He spent money he didn't have to watch that game. And I think both of us view any presentation, any podcast, a company meeting, like we both view all of it that way. It's like, how in this interaction am I going to add excessive value to the person on the other side? And we, neither of us, I think, accept anything less than that. And I think from a leverage perspective, in terms of getting more out than what you put in, if you spend, let's say, two years, because that's pretty much the next book that's coming out, let's put two years into like those mornings for the next one. If I can spend two years writing a book 
and then I never have to market it and it sells thousands of copies every single month for the rest of my life, it's better than me spending two months on a book and then having to spend the rest of my life trying to market it. And at the end of the day, at least for me, if I publish the book and people don't want to share it on their own, then why would I promote it? And so it's really trying to, and you know, part of these things have been like iterative learnings. Like the first book I spent a long time on and it was mostly because it was just a passion project because we were selling our business and I had nothing else to do and I needed to like sink my teeth into something and not break something. Um, and so I put like my heart and soul into the first, first book and I almost didn't publish it and Layla was like, just publish it. And so I just posted it. I didn't even, and I was just like, by the way, I wrote this book and this was like when I had like 10,000 followers on Instagram and that was it. And then. Um, Every month since that first month, it has sold more copies without any ads or promotion. And that was like a really interesting lesson for me in terms of building something for the very long term. Because if it takes me an extra year to make the book this much better, but that this much better means that one out of three people who read it give it to five friends, then the likelihood that that message reaches everyone goes way up. And even though it's incredibly frustrating, right, the 18th draft of a book, that's the thing. I mean, my editor said, Still gets me chucked up about it, but he said, there's going to be an 18-year-old kid who has this under his pillow. He's like, you owe it to that kid. And so I was like, I owe it to that kid, you know? It's so interesting because I think getting to know you a little bit better as you meet people from afar so often in this world and learn from both of you as I do because I'm a lifetime learner and I pick the people that sit in a situation that I want to be in. The remarkable thing is lesson that I've learned is there's so many people today that are just talking to people. And I know my friends up here feel the same way and they're standing there talking to you. And it's so important, I think, between you and your company and then also to that 18-year-old planting a seed under a tree that you may never sit under, that you're really interested in figuring out what are they listening for. And I think even Michael Jordan, right, he, he was really playing or what people were, were looking for in themselves. And you two both epitomized, to me at least, two people that really are more interested in understanding what people are listening for to allow them to share the experience and knowledge uh, and love that you two share and make it not only a possibility but more of a probability. And all of us can take that lesson, which is why I have this show. I want people to learn what people are listening for. And I certainly learned a lot. And, Really want to thank both of you for coming on the show and would love to do more with you as all these wonderful hosts of mine as well. Thank you so much for joining me. This is Dave Meltzer on Office Hours. <laughs>